Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Just as a reminder that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. So welcome to COVID Noise Filter. My name is Dr. Mark Yandere, and we are so happy to have guest co-hosting with us, Nurse Julia. Welcome to the show, Nurse Julia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be coming on board with you guys. Thank you so much. And now on to the show. COVID forcing students to drop out of school and the teachers that find them. The school dropout rate in the U.S. was declining before the pandemic. According to CNN, the rate declined from 10% in 2006 to 5% in 2018. Then the coronavirus hit. National dropout numbers for this school year haven't been released yet, but an anecdotal evidence from across the country shows drastic declines in attendance, enrollment, and a rising number of failing grades. That's right. The closure of classrooms and the shift to remote learning has the biggest impact on students from underserved communities. They are more likely to have unreliable internet access or caregiver who is affected by the economic impacts of the pandemic. School ends up falling down the priority list, especially for teenagers. And once that happens, it's very hard to catch up. However, some educators are tracking down the students that are most at risk of dropping out of school completely. Adi Serrato is an educator at the NET Central City High School who tracks down students who haven't shown up for class in New Orleans. Serrato will make his rounds around the city, traveling to multiple homes across New Orleans to find high school students who hadn't made it to class. Now, he told CNN that one student said she couldn't get transportation, so Serrato found her a ride. Another student said that she had to work. Serrato said school could work around her schedule. He feels that his job is really about making sure students know that school is there for them, no matter how far they've gotten behind. And he also understands that teenagers need to feel listened to, supported, and treated like they matter. Unfortunately, we may not know the true impact of the pandemic on the lives of students for years to come. As the data indicates, there is already a decline in attendance and failing grades. However, educators like Serrato and schools like the NET are doing everything they can to lessen the impact on the lives of as many students as they can. So, Nurse Julia, you know, this show originated in New Orleans. I live in New Orleans. Uh, it's broadcast in New Orleans. And sometimes our city is not always portrayed in a positive light. It's nice to see that uh, we have some positive uh, and, and, and a silver lining to a small degree here. So much kudos to the NET, Central City, and New Orleans, and to Adi Serrato. We appreciate the work that you guys are doing. Our, we tip our COVID noise filter hat to y'all. Absolutely. This is awesome. COVID-19 and child marriage. What? An article from the New York Times explained that the pandemic has been increasing the risks 
of child marriage and is reversing the progress made in promoting education for young women worldwide. Child marriage is a union before the age of 18, and the United Nations Children's Fund is predicted that 10 million more girls will be at risk for child marriage because of forced school closure, elongated time spent home, and lack of access to reproductive health and contraception, as well as economic distress. Oh, Julia, this really breaks my heart. Yeah, to make matters worse, child marriage is linked with an increased chance of child pregnancy. Currently, pregnancy complications and childbirth are leading causes of death among girls between the ages of 15 and 19, especially in low- and middle-income countries. Not only are the mothers at an increased risk, but children of child brides are also at a higher risk for infant mortality. Yeah, that's an incredible statistic, Julia, that pregnancy complications and childbirth are leading causes of death among girls between the ages of 15 and 19. That is insane in low and middle income countries. Oh, my goodness. Younger girls are being forced into marriage with older men, and many see this as the only option to mitigate the effects of the pandemic. Currently, nearly 650 million girls and women were child brides. Many child advocates are reporting increases in areas where teen pregnancies have even tripled. Some areas have seen double the number of child marriages. Many families in Nepal have faced huge economic devastation due to the decrease in remittances and tourism. Many men who worked abroad were forced to go home. One young girl married to help her father with his financial burdens and pay off certain properties. My goodness. Oh, God. The pandemic has hindered activists' ability to prevent child marriage and promote these young girls' education, but they're at a crossroads. Before the pandemic, preventing child marriage was already stigmatized in many communities. Local law enforcement often was not involved, and activists were at risk for physical and emotional violence. Even though child marriage is illegal in some areas, filing cases could hurt the children's future just as much. Now they have all this on top of keeping safe and preventing the spread of COVID. Another devastating story, another devastating element that we have to add to the already ongoing devastating stories that we hear about COVID. Right, Nurse Julia? It's just, it breaks my heart to read this. Yeah, it's so interesting just to see how uh, this pandemic has affected so many facets of life. This is definitely uh, astonishing. I'm blown away to hear this. Yeah, it's a a clear human rights violation. And again, uh, uh, much, much hope to these activists that are really able to help kind of turn that around. So we'll continue to follow the story. South African vaccine trials demonstrate importance of testing in the global south. Now, according to the New York Times, vaccine developers tend to conduct their trials in larger commercial markets where they have guaranteed resources and buyers. It's uncommon for clinical trials to occur in the global south at all. Fewer than 3% of them are even held in the continent of Africa. However, the variants in South Africa have forced the hand of many vaccine makers. While they typically wait a few years to test in poorer countries, they couldn't afford to overlook the nation. 
The variant in South Africa, also known as B1351, offered a chance to test the vaccines against more severe variants. And what the studies found is that while the AstraZeneca vaccine was able to keep patients exposed to the variants from getting especially sick, it didn't actually offer any personal protections. So now producers of vaccines are hurrying to test more protective boosters in the region, and testing the immunizations in South Africa has proven to be integral and hugely informed. One of the South African vaccinologists lobbied to conduct trials in the nation as early as March in order to study how the virus worked in the continent, particularly amongst people who have HIV. And according to the New York Times, varying health and socioeconomic conditions can affect vaccine performance. The nation's trials were faced with obstacles that larger markets couldn't face. They did struggle to find sites and resources to accommodate the trials in the face of frequent power outages. Many of the early volunteers for the trials have already been infected with COVID. In spite of these logistical issues, it did prove to be vital to test the nation and should set a precedent for future clinical trials. Just as a reminder, that COVID-19 and the human immunodeficiency virus do share the same risk factors. Doc Griggs. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to noisefiltershow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home, and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.